And I am here with the new director of cultural programming, Jonathan Munoz. Um, he's launching The Noise Now, a new cultural initiative. It's coming out February 25th. Um, that's this coming Monday. And I'm also here with artistic director of the Celebration Theater, Michael Shepard, and also the artistic director of the Trans Chorus of LA, um, Abdullah Hall. So, um, hey, guys, um, hello. Good to talk to you. But please uh, let me know a little about yourself. Well, thank you. So happy to be here, Patrick. Feels great to be here. Yes. So I'm Jonathan uh, Munoz. I'm the new director of cultural programming uh, at A Noise Within. Um, and I actually started just about three months ago, and I'm sure we'll go deeper into this initiative, but it's a new opportunity. It's an enhanced opportunity to really build relationship with communities around us, uh, organizations in Los Angeles, and really be the best neighbors we can be as a theater institution. Um, tell me a little about yourself. How how does someone become a director of cultural programming for a you know, big theater um, company like uh, Noise Within? You know, I, I don't know how someone becomes it, but I'll tell you how I became it. Uh, <laughs> it, it that's that's a that's a uh, that's a great question. You know, my journey here was started by doing a lot of part-time work at a lot of smaller theater companies and arts organizations. Um, I found, I sort of fell into a role of arts leadership, uh, arts administration, and sort of arts activism, specifically around communities of color. And I did a lot of work, um, consulting work, if you will, with various theater companies around specific plays and seasons to build relationship with communities of color, um, also yeah. queer and trans communities. So, uh, I would go from show to show or theater to theater, um, sort of helping market the play, but always with the intention of a much deeper relationship that sustains itself, that continues beyond the production and, and goes beyond ticket sales. Um, and this work actually has been highly influenced by Sima Sueco, who um, originally worked in theater in San Diego, then went to Pasadena Playhouse and now is at Arena Stage. And she has really been a champion of this methodology called consensus organizing, which has um, been newly embraced in theater as of a few years ago. And it is just what I'm describing, uh, a methodology of uh, increasing audience and increasing community, not through marketing or ticket sales, but through rela relationship building, which is a new-ish thing for an institution to be doing on an individual level. So that's the, the work I'm attempting to do. And um, I'm grateful that The Noise Within has seen value in that and has invested so fully in this work. Talking about bringing diverse populations into Los Angeles, uh, from Los Angeles and stuff like all, all that kind of stuff. And um, reaching out to different organizations. Um, it, even after you do that, uh, going to all these different organizations and I guess, how are we going to really make sure that people, um, different diverse people come in uh, to, this, to this program? And, and that is exactly the challenge. And I, I certainly don't want to pretend that I have the answer. Um, I think the solution is probably a mix of what many arts institutions are exploring. And I don't know that I don't know that anyone has solved it per se. Um, and the challenges are different for every institution. But I think it's something that will take a whole lot of time and a whole lot of patience from the institution that's trying to build new audiences and new communities. And I don't know that 
the quote unquote payoff. I don't know that um, relationships are, are going to manifest immediately. It's something that takes a lot of time. Um, and it would be a bit unfair, a bit artificial or even romantic to expect that just because we do a queer play or a Latino play, that that audience now has an allegiance or loyalty to us. It doesn't quite work that way. I think it requires years, if not decades, of building trust and building relationship. Um, and I also think that I, my hope is that A Noise Within can continue to even beyond the artistic programming that is representative of the city, my hope is that we can build really individual relationships with our community so that the audience is coming because they feel they know someone at the theater. In many cases through this initiative, that someone might be me, but I actually am coming from a seven year background at a, a luxury spa um, in addition to my theater consulting work. And oh, we did we understood that you can get a massage anywhere, just like you can see performing arts almost anywhere. You don't go always for the theater. You go because you have a person there. There's someone you feel a connection to. So ultimately, we're trying to build connection. And I think that too frequently, these major arts institutions are focused so highly on artistic excellence. And I'm not suggesting in any way we dilute that or shift focus. But in addition to artistic excellence, we have to we have to be great connectors and we have to really be great at that human element where we're making friends with everyone. How, how broad is this uh, for, for the audience? How, how many different, as far as like arts and stuff is concerned, like what kind of, what kind of shows are actually being put on and where are they, where are they happening? Noise Now, currently what we're exploring to, to, present with noise now is theater, workshops, um, new plays, in addition to classic plays or adaptations, translations, in addition to music, concert, dance, art exhibit, these projects, these events can happen in our main stage theater. They could happen in our rehearsal hall, in our lobby, our front lawn, moving throughout the campus. They could be immersive. Now for our first season, this spring and summer, um, most, if not all, of our projects are going to be in the main stage theater. Um, but moving forward, we're really going to challenge ourselves to, to give ourselves the lead time and invest fully in perhaps commissioning things to take place around our campus and around the architecture of our historic building. Now, right now, Noise Now could really be anything. And a lot of the mediums of storytelling aren't directly related to to classical theater um, or th even theater. Moving forward, that may change. We're sort of throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. We wanna create as many entry points as possible to our building and as many introductions for us to new communities and new audiences. And ultimately, that could shift to something more directly related to classics and our season, but for now, we're experimenting and we're risking courageously. And I am so impressed and grateful to be at an institution that is so boldly committed to doing anything and everything and doing the work to connect it back to mission because it can be done. How open is this program to just anyone, anybody connecting? And, and if, if you guys are open to anybody with an idea, um, how would they connect with you? Is Or is this more of a kind of a, Staying, staying with people that you trust and know are going to maybe bring um, good, good cultural programs to the to the community. 
I believe LA has a lot of great presenting houses and we're not trying to be that. We are trying to plan and curate and generate ideas with our partners and with our community. So I have met with everyone who's asked to meet. I hope I can continue doing that. We just had a postcard launch uh, earlier this week to 5,000 households, and now emails are coming in and my calendar is getting booked, but I'm excited to do that, to do that work and to meet these folks. Um, we're not curating this very heavily to begin with. We're saying yes to as much as we can. Now that yes may look differently for different ideas. Um, some ideas might be on the main stage or in the lobby or in the rehearsal hall, but um, our hope is to explore a partnership with anyone who's interested. You brought Michael on here and you brought Abdullah. Are they gonna be working with the initiative? Uh, do they have some programs that, that, are, that are coming up? Oh yes, we are yes. definitely. Yeah. How um, I got involved is uh, Jonathan called me, um, and not so much out of the blue, but out of the blue basically, and yeah. said, "Hey, you want to have lunch?" I said, "Sure." And he presents these things as we're at um, a noise with Anna, creating new programming. And I had, in my head, I had been sort of tinking, tinkling with this idea of how do we get more involved with the trans community. Because I, you know, Celebration Theater is the oldest continuously producing lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, two spirit, <laughs> transgender, <laughs> gender queer, gender queer, gender fluid, gender non-binary theater in the country. And I was like, You're the best person I've heard do that. So like, I I couldn't do it. <laughs> You're I, good. I, you know, You're we. Really good. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, disconnect within the queer community with the trans community, and I've been trying to come up with ideas of how to bring those those two together. And Jonathan said, "Oh, do you have anything you want to do?" And this idea I had is something called Trans Sister Radio, mm -hmm. and it is an evening of storytelling and music by all uh, uh, people uh, who identify as trans. And he, Jonathan, was like, "I want to do it." Who do you think we should partner with? I was like, I know the artistic director of the trans chorus. I immediately call him and he's like, yes, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Awesome. And so this is how it all started. And this is for this part of the initiative. Um, and it's very exciting because I think one of the most underserved, un, uh, underserved communities is our, 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 you know, our trans brothers and sisters. And uh, anything we can do to sort of bring them more and more into the mainstream, I'm excited to do. Hey, Abdullah. Um, so why it's so hard within the queer community or within the LG and B, there's been a clear um, leave out of the T. I like to say this um, trans awareness that everyone has seen has actually been 40 plus years in the making from the very first gay liberation parade where um, the trans community was actually ostracized by gays and lesbians at that time. Um, so um, so it's, it's really important for us to be in, in spaces like A Noise Within Theater. This um, Now Noise is amazing and is perfect for groups like ours to really create and promote visibility of a group of people that's always been there. Um, it, uh, the date for the show is April 24th, correct? Yes, April 24th at um, A Noise Within, mm -hmm. part of the uh, Noise Now um, Collaborative.
and it it we have some amazing talent. I have um, a storyteller slash comedian named Dilo, who is uh, a Sri Lankan uh, trans man who is brilliant. Uh, we have um, why am I blanking? Barbecue. Uh, barbecue, who's going to be our host? Yeah, is uh, identifies as gender non-binary. Um, we have um, the trans chorus, the trans chorus. <laughs> who's going to be singing there, and we have a couple of other artists that are going to be participating in this. And it's it's creating um, a very safe space for artists who are on who should not be on the fringes and should be in the mainstream every day. How do we get to, uh, people to see this show? So at A Noise Within, especially with the Noise Now initiative, we are, as best as we can, embracing this idea of radical accessibility. And right now, the way that's shown up, uh, our, our, our attempt at, at creating that has been choose your price uh, ticketing. Uh, for our first launch event, February 25th, this Monday, uh, with uh, Lineage Performing Arts Center, those tickets range from $10 to $30. Moving forward for our next four events between now and May, tickets will range from $10 to $40. So we're hoping that with this choose your price uh, methodology or, or, or structure that we're removing as many barriers as possible uh, for anyone to come to the theater. Also parking is free, which is pretty nice as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that, that choose your pricing. They do that in, I uh, can't remember exactly where it was, but I, I, I remember in somewhere in New York, there was definitely some museum I went to and uh, they have a choose your price thing. And I, I remember going, it was so funny because it, it just, this concept that you don't, you can choose not to pay was it just like completely went over my wife's head. She's like, <laughs> what do you mean? That's awesome. Pay what you can. And, and it, it, I guess it shows um, if you do like when you, when you don't have to pay, I guess it shows how much you really appreciate the institution when you're going to pay and you don't have to. That's, I'd like to add to that, too. It's a really easy way or accessible way, a low stakes way for people to um, test us out, come into the building. You're not losing a lot. It's not an investment financially. But I do believe that in addition to people voting with their dollar, voting with their wallet for programming that matters to them, I hope that if they have the, the resources, they will. Um, um, and that's a great way of demonstrating that this program matters by investing in it. But I also think people vote with their time. They vote by showing Showing up, and I think let's let those people, um, let's let anyone show that this matters by coming into the building. You know, we're seeing this now with rallies and marches, and all over the world, people are identifying what matters by showing up. And I, my hope is that we can even change our relationship to artistic institutions, change our relationship to performing arts, and making it not about revenue generation. And thank goodness we're in a moment at a noise within where the noise now initiative isn't about revenue generation. It's about relationship building, relationship generation, um, resource generation beyond the financial. And I, I hope that the, these programs are an opportunity for our neighbors to come and demonstrate through showing up that it matters to me that my neighbors' voices are on our stages because that's not always happening. 
Can I can I add something to that, Patrick? Yes, of course, of course. What's yeah. So great about this um, Noise Now initiative too. For communities like the trans community, um, my preferred pronouns are they, them, theirs. I identify as gender non-conforming black American individual. But for communities that are very, very much underserved, um, like the trans community, where it has the lowest rate of employment, the yes. Because yeah. you might present as Patrick, but you mm -hmm. might identify as she, Patricia. So you can't change any legal documentation for a, a long, long time, which prevents you from actually having viable work. Theater is healing, and it is um, a spokesperson in this great United States that we live in. So we need programs like this to reach out and make sure that all individuals know that this isn't um, just a higher brow thing that only cultured people quote unquote do, but theater has always been there for everyone. It's the voice of everyone. And we've gotten so far away from that. So programs like this really opens up the door to like my choristers where some of them are younger, they still live at home, they don't have a really big disposable income, but to create a a space where they could go in and say, only have five bucks and see a great dance performance or a great um, narration or some great theater or hear some great singing. That is amazing and what we really need in all of our communities right now. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a great place to, um, for, for the, for the community, for, for the trans community, for, for everyone to come and really join this community and really learn not not on the internet, but face to face, which is so important, and it's so and it's so different. Um, I mean, and I'm talking, and I, I know I'm talking to you on a podcast. I'm talking a podcast. I'm talking to you online, and it, and that's wonderful. That's wonderful that I can do that because I live so far away, and 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 it, it makes it possible for me to do this kind of stuff. Uh, but still, that there's, it's so different talking to someone and really absorbing that in person and being right in front of that person that you don't probably necessarily see every day, that you don't mm -hmm. experience every day and stuff like that. Um, I know that uh, I have um, trans people in my family. Um, I, um, and you know, um, it's very, you know, everyone's different and stuff like that. So uh, while I have a trans person in my family and they, they, they the way they want to be treated and they want to be thought of, you know, is probably very different than everyone. So I don't even try to connect that, but it's, uh, but just having that person, you know, in my life, it makes, it makes it, uh, makes it so, and it's, I, I hate this idea that you need to experience someone in person and be there and know them in person to really have, uh, to really have this kind of, um, I guess, insight, more insight about things, but, uh, there's some there's definitely some truth in in re in have in having it touch your life as opposed to this abstract idea of oh yeah um uh, oh this this is a this is a human being you know that wants to be treated with respect and dignity you know uh, mm -hmm. so there's not a system yet we're not necessarily going to 
We haven't built a model that will be repeated for all the events, but I'll share for our launch event on February 25th with yeah. Lineage Performing Arts Center, there is a talk back and then there's a post show reception. So we're leaving a lot of space for the audience to engage directly with the artists and experts about the conversations that were presented on stage through a panel conversation. And then we're leaving space for the audience to connect and communicate with each other through this reception. So we yeah. want to continue exploring how do we continue the conversation off the stage and into the theater uh, and among our audience. I'll also say that what we put on stage matters. And just like you described your experience, Patrick, to your relative who identifies as trans, um, that's amazing that you have a, a connection to members of diverse communities and many people do and many people don't. So for a classical theater company, the same place where you can see Shakespeare and a French farce to uh, make the choice to put different communities, different voices on our stage is I think the best way to demonstrate a commitment to wanting to invest in relationship. Um, we really believe at A Noise Within, that, or we hope, we're trying to make A Noise Within your theater. A Noise Within wants to be everyone's theater, and that requires some flexibility, that requires some work. And while we as a large or mid-sized theater are experts in making theater, we are not experts in every story. And sometimes at theater companies or at arts institutions, there's an assumption that because we are the experts in storytelling, we know how to tell your story. And frequently, to engage with, say, communities of color, theaters will program a POC or, or diverse play and then go to the Latino community and say, we have a play that's good for you. You should buy a ticket because it is, we chose this for you. And actually that's a sort of colonizing mentality. So as I hope we've demonstrated in exactly how this project came about, I went to the community and look, I, I'm not saying I'm doing it right, but here's how we've started. I've gone to many communities and said, we have a problem we want you in the room and we notice you're not. And we wanna take accountability for that. We have created the audience we have. We have uh, curated the audience we have. And we are responsible for our relationship or the lack thereof. And I think, I, I hear some theater companies say, oh, we don't have a relationship with the trans community or we don't have a relationship with the indigenous community or we don't have a relationship with the black community. And we do, you do have a relationship with them. It's just a very, very, very bad one. So <laughs> how do you go through that community and say with openness and vulnerability, I know we've, we haven't been great. <laughs> How can we be better? How can we repair? How can we build trust? And what do you want to see? Because we aren't the experts in your stories. So I went to Michael Shepard. Michael introduced me to Abdullah Hall. And I am saying, please come into the building, step on stage and tell your story. I can turn on the lights. I can sell tickets, but I can't tell your story. I need you for that. Will you please come? And it's a, such a great thing to have this opportunity. But I have to do something real fast because I, um, um, with uh, Abdullah, I said he and not <laughs> <Okay>. they <laughs> earlier. And right. I heard myself say he, and that just shows you someone who is so entrenched within the LGBTQ community still yeah. makes mistakes and still says things, but we have to begin to start owning those and going, oh, oh, I did that Thank and you. I'm sorry, I apologize. 
and be able to go and to have that other community go, you know what? Thank you for taking the effort to hear it and know that you made a mistake. So that's what I wanted to do right now. Thank you. Yeah. And, it's, and, kindness. it's kindness. I don't I don't know. I don't know where this issue of kind of kind when kindness became out of out of fashion all of a sudden. I don't I don't know why I don't know why that even exists. I know civility. Patrick, I wanted to add this too with um something that I'm a Pasadena resident. And I've known about a noise within since they started because I went to school in Pasadena. I remember when they were this teeny tiny theater company in Old Town, Pasadena. They did something that I have not seen any theater do in Los Angeles, yeah. which is reached out to the trans community, reached out to the POC community, reaching out on issues like mental health and awareness. I have not seen any theater do that. And I am so grateful that they did because what that does for a course like ours, which is the only course in America made up of trans men and women, gender non-conforming, gender non-binary and intersex individuals is it said, hey, we have a space and we would love to hear from you. That you couldn't buy that. It is so amazing, so precious, and it's so needed now in our country abroad for, for spaces like this to reach out so that people's voices can be heard. I don't know of any theater that has mentioned doing anything with the indigenous population, which is so prevalent here in Los Angeles. We need all these stories of the faces of America to be told in every way possible now more than ever. So I'm so grateful for Jonathan for opening up this space to us and grateful to Michael for considering creating this space with Transistor Radio and saying, I wanna hear from both sides because we, we you would think there's a lot of this going on, but really there's not. So this is really, really unique. and especially opening it up to your community saying, hey, here's a space. No one's doing that. So this is amazing with the noise within and thank you. I, I want to add briefly, Patrick, that well, in yeah. addition to the, the events, the, uh, the programming that has been announced for our main stage in noise now, which is American More on March 27th, exploring black identity, then of course, Trans Sister Radio on April 24th, which we're talking about, and then 8-9 Dance Company on May 20th, exploring um, uh, diverse dance through diverse bodies. In addition to what's on our main stage, what folks may not know yet about Noise Now is that we're also programming residencies in our rehearsal hall. I went into our offices and I realized we start rehearsals at 6 p.m. Our rehearsal hall is empty from nine to five. <laughs> wow. That's some really valuable space in LA. And this is a nice, this is, these are some nice facilities. So I've been empowered um, by Noise Within to offer space to uh, uh, partners. So um, in March, we're offering our very first residency to Bali Stars Dance Company, an Indian dance company. And then in April, we're offering a residency to 8-9 Dance Company to develop new work. And then in May, we're offering a residency to Coin and Ghost Theatre Company, um, which explores classics through a contemporary lens. Um, 
moving forward, I'm really excited to be programming the fall and winter seasons for the main stage and of residencies. In addition to main stage and residencies, we're also doing art exhibits every other month. So we're having artists come in for two months at a time, and our first art exhibit opens this Monday, February 25th. It's uh, the work of Carolina Callecedo. I encountered her work uh, for the first time at the Hammer Museum in the Made in LA exhibit, and she's now commissioned at the Huntington Library. And she uses indigenous fishing nets from Latin America and Colombia to create these hanging sculptures that look almost like dream catchers to me. And through through these sculptures and through these nets, she communicates the politics and the narratives of access to water in Latin America. So I went into this beautiful lobby to noise within this, this historic architecture that has gold railings and gold chairs. It's a beautiful, though formal space. And I hope that we've been able to disrupt that by putting this feminist powerful political Latinx artwork ha literally hanging from the ceiling that our patrons have to walk around because we are disrupting the flow of traffic through the space. That's cool. That's that is so cool. That is so cool. You know, it sounds silly perhaps, but everyone listening and everyone who can come to the theater has such power. And I hear a lot of complaining and I hear a lot of frustration and sometimes rightfully so about what is or is not on our stages in Los Angeles and in America. I wanna share that through Noise Now, there is such power in showing up. If we fill these houses, if we fill these seats, if people come and experience the art on the walls, this will keep happening. If this is a success, and I believe it will be, but I, I need help making it a success. I need people in the room. I want the community to show up, and, and I so far they are. But if that keeps happening, I get really excited about what this could demonstrate to other institutions who, who maybe think that they can do this on their own, who maybe think they are the experts or the gatekeepers or curators to artistic excellence. I think that there's such power in sharing control, in opening up through transparency and vulnerability, how the, the sausage is made, if you will, and mm -hmm. asking for help. And it's sometimes scary, but I'm over and over saying in our office, Offices, let's risk courageously. And not to suggest there's even any risk involved, but newness is sometimes scary, especially for people who've been doing this for decades. So if I can ask for help uh, for those who are listening, I would say, please come, please show up. If it's not every event, come to one because a full room speaks volumes. That is a political act, which will change what these big institutions are doing and how they operate. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And, uh, one, last, one last question for Abdullah. Um, you say you have the choir come down for the for the thing. Uh, what kind of songs are you are you guys playing on singing at singing at the event? What? Uh, oh what gosh, I um I haven't solidified our program yet. We range in singing. Um, we have well, one song will be our signature song for sure, which is called You Have More Friends Than You Know, written by Jeff Marks. Um, Jeff Marks has written a lot of amazing music and is written for most of the courses in America, especially Gay Men's Chorus Los Angeles. And the reason why that is our signature song is the words in it, just let you know if you're anybody marginalized, but for the trans community, just hearing that you're not alone, you have more friends than you know, 
really speaks volumes to that community, especially youth. It's the highest rate within the LGBT community of suicide. It's the most underserved. Um, and our main mission is to reach out to children in, that identify as trans, as well as changing that trans narrative from victimization to victory in everything we do, because they are leading some victorious lives. And the genie can't go back in the bottle, you know, no matter what happens, whether it's um, Title IX taken away, like the bathroom bill that is stopping trans children from going to the proper facilities of their identification, or whether it's the military ban of the 15,000 active trans men and women in some of the worst places fighting on behalf of our country, the more awareness and more visibility we are are, the more America will see that we are just another part of the fabric of this great country that we live in. And um, that's why we jump at opportunities like this, like this noise now to do. Um, we also will probably sing our signature somewhere over the rainbow, which I will just say is hauntingly beautiful. And we have a featured artist with us named Maggie Zabo from Canada, who just had a song on The Voice chosen by Jennifer Hudson and Jennifer Hudson's person to sing. That was Maggie's song. She wrote this piece called Don't Give Up. And you can find it on YouTube under Transcourse of Los Angeles. It's just a really great piece speaking to young people to not give up on themselves and that their lives do matter and they are worthy. 